You're listening to The Lost Art of Liner Notes, a podcast by Rumble Yard. You can find more episodes of this show by subscribing on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Recently, we caught up with The Weathers and invited the band to sit down with us and discuss making their new album, Kids in the Night. Hello, how's it going, everyone? Band. Hi. We're a band called Weathers. I'm Cameron Boyer, the singer. I'm Cameron Olson. I play guitar. Cole Carson. I play the drums. I'm Brennan Bates, and I play bass and keys. Yeah, I mean, we've been together for about, what, two and a half years now as, uh, as Weathers? Longer as Weathers? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah about probably, that long. Yeah, right around then. Years. Yeah. But we kind of all like knew each other beforehand and all met prior. We've been playing music, I mean, for like four-ish years as homies, you know? I met Cameron Olson in a Battle of the Bands, actually. He was in a different band. It was. Um, snatched him up. I feel kind of bad about it still. <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's okay. The other bandmate is close homies with all of us now. Yeah, so. he is. He's, yeah, that's very true. And I put out a Facebook thing. It was like a bass player audition. I was the only one with a serious response. Yeah, you were. <laughs> yeah, but it worked out well. <laughs> um, and then actually, funny story with Cole and I, our dads used to play in a band together, actually, oh, yeah. back in back, back in, in Illinois, the, back in Illinois, Carthage, Illinois. <laughs> Small um, town. So when I was looking for a drummer, my dad was like, "Hey, my, one of my buddies from back home, his son is yeah. a drummer," and I was like, "Cool." So Crazy, we got into we had contact. Never even met each other until no, I moved out. Yeah, because you grew up in Carthage, and yeah. I, I only spent like a few years when I was really young in a town right next to Carthage. But yeah, we had never met or anything. Right. So that was pretty cool pretty coming insane. out here and stuff. But Weathers kind of formed later and after we all kind of knew each other because we had been playing music for like a little while and just kind of like figuring out our vibe and stuff. And um, we kind of found ourselves when Weathers formed and it was a pretty cool thing. We all kind of like got together and realized that Weathers was like the route to go and we've been doing it ever since. So like we had a song a while ago called happy pills and then another single called i don't want to know and we kind of like you know took some time off we decided that we wanted to write all new music we're changing a lot you know as like people and i think our music style has changed a lot too you know i was gonna say i feel like the album is reflective of who we've become you know compared to some of the old stuff as we've grown so as our music and it really reflects in our music thematically yeah, totally. It was kind of scary. I mean, writing was kind of scary, especially under a major label and stuff. Like you, you know, you're really hoping like that w- like people will like what we're writing and stuff. It's a so lot like, of pressure. A lot of pressure for sure. It definitely, it was fun in a sense, but it was also 
just terrifying. And working with people that have had like huge hit songs that we all love. It's also very nerve wracking going into the room with them because mm -hmm. I almost feel bad. You're like, wow, he's got to work with us now. <laughs> yeah. A little different. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I mean, I remember hearing about writing with Group Love. Oh, and that, that was, was that was, was all oh, that sure. house exactly what you think it would look like. You listen to a Group Love album, you walk in the house it's like orange. I'm like, all right, it makes sense. Orange. It was white. It had like orange, it had, vibrant but, colors everywhere. Yeah, but like, I remember we were terrified, you and I, when oh, we walked yeah, into their we because we were such big fans of Group Love, and we walked into their house and we remember we were hungry. We got yeah. Chipotle beforehand. Yeah, like, Can we eat this here? And also, <laughs> my mom is like an insane Group Love fan for some reason, so she was trying to find every excuse to come to the session, <laughs> just to like meet them. And like she was like, I'll even bring you lunch, like like all these things. So it was hilarious. I remember we were so terrified to eat in front of them because we didn't want to like be rude or whatever. But we were so hungry, so we like sat on their couch and we were just like talking and getting to know each other. And we were eating our chipotle bowls. And then Olsen dropped a piece of lettuce, and you like freaked out. You oh, were yeah. like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was so funny. And then uh, Hannah was like, Dude, it's fine. Yeah, they're <laughs> super laid back. We wrote with Hannah and Christian. Yeah, from Group, group Love. Love. Not yeah, not all of them. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, the song on the album that we wrote with Group Love is uh, Casual Mondays. Yeah. Which is a super, super fun song. I feel like if people know that we wrote with group love, you can kind of hear it in you the can, song. You can hear like, like the influence okay, for sure. There's definitely group love influence in yeah, the song. Which is really, really, really cool. Uh, I just remember that was like a really, really fun, fun day for yeah, sure. Fun hang too. Yeah. They were, they were great. I mean, man, we, we wrote a lot, a lot of songs and man, narrowing it down to just 11 oh, yeah. was so, so hard. I mean, we had so many discussions about like, this song and that song trying to get on the album and it's kind of like killing your babies a little bit there were so many good songs that we were like right. <laughs> we, were, we were like oh but like this could totally be on the album and it, and it didn't make it and it was like darn but yeah as a whole the album is is super cool it's like definitely very different from happy pills and i don't want to know and i'm really glad that we did take the time to kind of really make sure that the music was done right and to write all the songs that we did because I think we really have the best product we could possibly have. I know we're all like really I proud agree. of it. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, if you if you listen to the old music, it's Happy Pills and I Don't Want to Know, it has a much darker vibe, and I think that's kind of who we were back then. You know, we were all kind of like into the the darker vibes and the darker music. Angst. And, and the, yeah, a little bit more of that <laughs> angst, yeah. Um, but now we've like, you know, the music itself has kind of evolved and it's definitely, I would say, a lot more fun and like high energy, energetic. You know, I mean, if you listen to Problems and I'm Not Okay, I mean, those songs just, just like... Very up-tempo. Yeah. If you try to run to those songs, you're going to have to run pretty fast. So <laughs> <laughs> I learned that the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> and Tib Pagnata, who's our producer for this whole album, um, Tib Pagnata worked with walk the moon he produced like shut up and dance and yeah, he, neon, neon trees yeah he like co-wrote like all those neon trees jams too mm -hmm. and he's he's done like everything like you like we played the show with l king like yesterday and 
he's been just working worked with, with her. Yeah, like, he's been working with Al King he works too. Works with everybody. Yeah. So he's been our producer, and he was super integral in the production. You know how the music sounds, and like there's a really cool. I mean, if you listen to almost every song, every song has a constant kind of like a glitchy theme, mm-hmm. where that you hear like glitches and things in the in the music that sounds like it's not perfect and it's kind of messing up, but it's on purpose. You yeah, know, and that's kind of and um, every single song we used the silver tone acoustic guitar. From, I think, 58, he, right? Yeah, from 58 that he bought at a garage sale. And this mm-hmm. thing, the neck is like a tree trunk. And highest action, it doesn't sound very good, but it sounds so cool in every song, and it got used in every single one. So, like, Problems, that intro, it's literally just that silver tone acoustic. Yep. It's so funny because in the studio you have like a Martin and like all these super nice guitars like sitting right there. We use the garage sale guitar mm-hmm. on like everything. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks pretty badass. It does too. look really cool. It, it's like, <laughs> it looks like a giant violin. I don't think we used a single, did we didn't use any other guitar, right? Not like acoustic wise. Might have used like the yeah, Martin like so, once, yeah. but like it's literally all. This, it's all that silver tone. Yeah, even like Secret Safe with Me, mm-hmm. like, you know, the prettier song. That's that's the silver tone, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's really cool because like it, like thematically, like the music is kind of all about not being perfect and self-acceptance and kind of using past experiences, even bad ones, to kind of justify like who you are today and how it's made you a better person. That's something that fans could really take away from this album is not looking back at your life and, and looking at all the bad things and, and, and saying, I really regret that, that happened. I would be such a better person if it didn't happen or whatever, but instead looking at it as like it happened, but I'm actually a better person, more prepared for life now and sort of, you know, that sort of Seems idea. Sort of learned, yeah, yeah. Having that idea, I mean, because I think that's something that I've been through definitely and, you know, the rest of us have been through and like making sure that, your life is turned into kind of like a positive thing and accepting what you've been through and stuff. And, and I think the that's like what we're singing about, but sonically the music actually kind of goes alongside that with that glitchy aspect of like, it's not perfect, but it fucking rocks you know? yeah. right. and it's super fun. There's so many good jams on the, on like the album going on the non like perfect thing. Like on our previous records, like playing the drums, it was like very separated and very like on the grid and like, this is how we're going to do things and everything was like kind of mapped out but like going in to do the drums with Tim Pagnotta was like totally different style which I love because it's like I really felt like I had a lot of control and like I was really playing the stuff like in there and we were like knocking out ideas like left and right and then we would go back through the track and kind of like pick out which parts we want in certain spots but it got like really weird sometimes like I'd be playing like a floor tom instead of a kick and then like you know, a weird crash in a spot that you definitely wouldn't expect it, but it was like all live and it felt so real and like raw and like some of it is like half swung and half straight. So it gives it like that dirty, like gritty kind of feel. Mm -hmm. So like, I feel like that's so, you know, the silver tone guitar kind of go like that feels like kind of on every instrument that we did, even though it was an an amazing, like 1970s Ludwig drum kit I was playing on. It was like, it still had that feel of kind of being like not totally correct, but fitting in so well with the rest of the record yeah and we all kind of like all four of us had like our own like personal 
experiences working with Tim, you know, like I think he pushed us all like as a band, like, you know, as a whole, like I know that when Olsen and I were in the room with him, like writing some of the songs with him, like he was always pushing the both of us to like, you know, even if we think that the song is perfect the way it is, like to keep going no, as far he, as you possibly he can. Challenges yeah. the yeah. shit out of you, especially yeah. like, with the lyrics. Sometimes you get frustrating. He's like, you can always find a better lyric. I remember for Carrie's home. I mean, oh, you and he, I came up with we, some really we awesome we, lyrics. We like, wrote the verses like six times, and he's like, we ah, did. We I'm not went back. It yet. We went back and forth so many times on <laughs> yeah. Carrie's home. I remember that. But I know, like, all of us had like our own personal experiences. I know for me, recording the vocals was such an awesome experience with Tim because. If you listen to this record and then you listen to the old stuff like Happy Pills and I Don't Want to Know, you'll notice that my voice sounds like significantly different. And I just think I've evolved like as a singer. And part of that is thanks to Tim because I think I was always kind of afraid to like let loose as a vocalist. And Tim was always just kind of like channel your inner Brandon Flowers because it's like one of my favorite frontman, you know. And he was like literally like let it out. That was super cool because then no it like intended. no pun intended. Yeah, sorry. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> um but he was always like pushing me just like to really like let loose. And I definitely don't think my vocals would have sounded the way they do on this record if it wasn't for Tim pushing. And I think for all of us, like we had our own like specific experiences. Yeah, because we could have settled so many times on every like different oh, yeah. part. Like, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought like, you know, sometimes I would lay down a drum part and be like, cool, that was it. And he's like, now let's try it with three different other snare drums and see how those sound. Oh, oh I <laughs> know then, how that feels. I mean, Tim, you guys saw how long guitar tracking was. Oh, oh my, my God. Oh, my God. It was like 147 hours. I remember sitting on the couch hours. like, is this still going on? Dude, oh, he was, it was like straight up math equations. It like, really was. Tim was trying to like, the most complicated parts you can possibly think of. Like if, if you literally listen to Shallow Water... And just listen to the guitar track in the chorus. It's it makes insane. no sense. It's like, <laughs> but it sounds so like good. it sounds so cool, but yeah. it literally doesn't make sense. Yeah. And like the bass tones too. I mean, those some of those bass tones that you know you, Brennan and, and Tim worked on, I think are so gritty oh, yeah. and, and very rad. rad. Yeah. You know, I, I I went in there expecting to use just my good old Rickenbacker, and I think a lot of the album was actually um, I was using. Was it the P bass? The, the it was, oh, that's yeah, right. The we Hoffner. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's the weird thing. You wouldn't think like that the a Hoffner would be <laughs> yeah. yeah something so small and just kind of thumpy would mm-hmm. be that kind of tone but yeah and then and then when tim (laughs) and then when tim got a hold of what we were playing it was just like the rest of it just fell into place i mean there's so many good jams on this album like people ask us what is your favorite song on the album and and when for me it's like it changes every few days for me it's like (laughs) if i listen to the record from top to bottom every single song has a specific purpose to the point where I'll be rocking out to I'm not okay. And then as soon as secret safe with me comes around at the end, it's like, yeah, but this one is like, to me, it's not any better or worse than the other song. It's not any more of a favorite. At least it just has such a different place in my heart. And it's like, I can't, it's hard to even like compare them. You know what I mean? I think problems always have a special place in my heart though. (laughs) It was the first jam and I'm not even kidding. We wrote the second verse lyrics playing catch with the football outside. With we Tim. did. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. We did. He was just like, you guys want to go outside? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and and we literally just play catch with football, coming up with like 
dance party at DMV. That's weird. And then they're like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, there's certain parts for certain songs. Like, I mean, I have a favorite drum song, which has got to be Shallow, Shallow Water. Surprise, surprise. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, that's one of those songs that's not quite straight or not quite swung, and it's just got a little bit of a nice little grit to it. Yeah, there's some yeah, pretty there's, good songs with some rad bass lines yeah. in there, too. Yeah. Oh, Carry Us Home. Oh, yeah. yeah. That one's just, it just drives, man. Mm-hmm. That, that, and honestly, just the bridge of Problem. I mean, Problem's always a great song, but like, it's just a good song to get to move on. Yeah. And same thing with Poser. You know, you guys all know that I'm really more into that punk stuff. So Poser is a great chance for me to kind of just get a little bit more punk on stage, mm-hmm. you know? There's, like, some really cool stories behind some of these songs, too. And um, when Olsen and I were on our way to write, we were writing with this guy, Kyle Mormon and Fran, Fran Hall. Hall. And we were in my car and it was my first car that I had ever had it was a 1983 Mercedes SL it was I loved that car so much and to this day it breaks my heart to know that I am not in it anymore but um on our way to the session it broke down and Olsen can remember I literally just like put my head over the steering wheel because I knew because it had broken down so many times before this and I just knew that this was like this was the end for the car you know so it broke down, and we were where were we in Burbank? Literally we were, on yeah. Burbank Boulevard exit, yeah, off was, the five or whatever. Mm-hmm. We were like right on the shoulder, mm-hmm. and then we were like so late to that session too. Had to do AAA the whole. We had to do the AAA, the and then we yards. had to like Uber to the session. Thank God we weren't that far away by mm-hmm. that point. But we got there, and we had written with them before. We wrote "I'm Not Okay" with them as well. Mm-hmm. So we walk into the session, and I was just like. I'm so bummed right now. I don't want anyone to talk to me. I feel horrible. Oh, yeah. I was so mad. And then we kind of just decided to write about yeah, the car. Yeah. yeah. There's like, that's, that's inspiration right there. We should write about it. And then yeah. And then that's just how... Just use the, the year, 1983 vibe. Mm-hmm. Kind of worded it that it's more like along the lines of a love story. Yeah. Not so like, but you know, it could be a love story with the car if you're into that. Well, that's kind of what it, that's kind of what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's supposed to be interesting in, in that it's the song's called 1983 and when you listen to it it sounds kind of like a love story between a girl and and i remember one of my buddies was like oh yeah i totally thought this song was about a girl and i told him it was like actually about my car and like my love for the car mm-hmm. and the times spent in the car the original lyrics we we reworded some stuff it was a little more direct on the car too. yeah yeah so we changed it a little bit just to make it a little more like interesting and not super yeah. forward but the second verse lyrics are probably some of my favorite lyrics yeah. i think that we've ever written yeah those are um great. loud hot fuss and movie screens because mm-hmm. you know the killer is my favorite band and hot fuss is like the album that i just like love so much and then i also see movies all the time like i go to the movie theaters like three times a week yeah and so it gives it's such like a big a, part of my it gives life like a you know? <laughs> drive-in theater vibe too yeah like totally saying, like music and exactly so I just, I don't know what it is, but those lyrics, like, I just love so much. Yeah, 
man, I love that song. And man, I'm just trying to think of some of the other songs. I mean, I'm Not Okay is like the perfect song to start off the album just because it hits so hard. Yeah. And it's it, kind of the like the almost like the title, like, you know, like yeah. not without being the title, it's kind of describes the whole album almost yeah, totally like, it kind of like, encompasses like everything like i'm not i'm not okay but that's okay kind of thing exactly you know yeah because yeah. it's, it's, it's so what of, if i'm not okay that's the lyric yeah. so it's like so what who cares and yeah this, and then we go into further detail with some like, of the other songs <laughs> yeah It's perfect. It's really great. Um, the album title Two Kids in the Night" is totally, totally encompasses it because there's something about like being young and like making mistakes and stuff. Because we're all fairly young dudes, you know. <laughs> um, but like making a lot of mistakes and like growing up is like such a huge part of life. Obviously, it's what shapes us into who we are. So kind of growing up and making those mistakes and being kids in the night and being kind of like you know having that empowering vibe go right alongside that is like really cool too um you know if i had a recommendation for our fans out there you know when you listen to the album i i strongly recommend listening to it alone first like by yourself preferably in your car at night on your favorite road when it's not there's no traffic and stuff that's kind of i feel like that's the best way to do it because i think it's really important that everyone has their own personal connection to the songs and the album as a whole before showing it to friends and stuff, you know, to kind of make sure there's no like bias or anything. You know, I think it's really important that each fan has their own personal experience with the album as a whole from top to bottom. And then immediately after that, they should share it with a friend and definitely share those experiences and contrast the different meanings in between stuff and how their lives, you know, how they can relate because of their lives to the music and, and I think it would be a really great experience for everyone if they listen to it. And this album is just such a good like indicator of like our experiences and lives in the past two years and everything we've been through as humans. Um, you know, a lot of these songs are like near and dear to my heart, <laughs> you know, like especially Secret Safe with me. And I just think it's it's really cool that we have so many great songs to share with our fans, you know, and I'm just really excited for the future. And we love our fans so much for being patient with us while we've been oh writing this new music. Yeah, it's been yeah. a long time. And long time. And they've very been... lucky to have such faithful fans that really are excited to hear. Mm-hmm. We're really happy Everybody to hear Everybody always sends us that Titanic GIF thing, like it's been 80 years or what is it? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, it's, thing, like, it's been 87 yeah, years. Yeah, it's, like, it's like so accurate, from? though. It's been 87 years. <laughs> but damn, yeah. I mean, we definitely want to, obviously, what Wilson said we want to thank Tim Pagnotta. We um, really want to thank RCA as well um, for also being patient with us. I mean, I mean, how, I can cannot, you, how can you not thank a guy that took us to a roller rink? Yeah, he did. I went, that's right. Oh, when the album, oh my god, we had when like, the album was done, we had like a post album party, mm-hmm. and the flyer he sent us to start. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he took probably forty five minutes at least making it. Like the re- the reoccurring joke in the studio was like we had like a bunch of them from Michael Bolden to um, yeah, the jams, but um, oh, one of the reoccurring things was that you know say the album blows up and you know our bank accounts look nice 
we all got to get jet skis. It's like the thing. <laughs> and Tim Pagnotta, like anytime. And he'll like, be on the pontoon. Yeah. And anytime, <laughs> like, like say, like, he'd be listening to Nia's calling, like, we're like listening back in the chorus is going. He's like, you hear that? Sounds like jet skis, huh? <laughs> like, just like stuff like that. That was his way of saying it. Like, sounds like. Yeah. He's like, sounds like a jet ski. He's like, <laughs> us, Yamaha dealership next year. Right. Like, you'd always be like, or Kawasaki or something. Oh, but, um, but he took us to a roller rink. Yeah, we had an after party first. It was we got, a, what's it called? Uh, Moonlight Rollerway in Glendale. Yeah, was it? So like we did like it was like very obscure places. I didn't expect it. I wasn't too we happy about bowling. it first because I can't rollerblade or like ice skate or any of that. Hey, but you you tried. I tried. You did pretty good. I so was like holding like the wall. never roller skating. I was holding the wall and then holding on to Brian. Yeah. Anyways, well, we definitely yeah. So we thank you, Tim, for pushing us, and also I you know really want to thank RCA too. I mean. I think Olsen and I definitely agree, like, doing this album and having that, like, uncertainty of whether or not this new direction was going to be accepted by RCA, like, that was really, really scary. So scary. And it worked, and we're really happy about it. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, we want to thank RCA big time, Jake Ottman, and our guy, and Nick Provenel. And our amazing management team. Yeah, Yeah. Darren. Darren Gilmore, Watchdog Watchdog Management. Sarah Fenton. and And Katie. Honestly, just everybody. There's too many Katie names Smith. to yeah. name. It's just it, our whole team behind us is so wonderful and supportive, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. really just you know yeah. want the best for us. And yeah, it's been it's been a fun ride for sure. Um, thank you, Rumble Yard, for having us too. Huge thanks to The Weathers for being our guests. You can visit weathersband.com to find out more about their new album, Kids in the Night, available now. This episode was produced by Lee Stimmel, Mark Grandy, Nicole Heyman, and me, Matthew Billy. Special thanks to Simon Marcus of Pippa, Curtis Dixon of Red Distribution, and RCA Records. The Lost Art of Liner Notes is a Rumble Yard production. You can find more episodes by subscribing on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Rumble Yard is a division of Sony Music Entertainment. For more information, please visit rumbleyard.com. Thanks for listening. It's cold.